Have you ever felt like life's pressures are just too much to bear? How can we find peace in the midst of all the stress that comes our way? You're tuned into Keep the Faith with Pastor Adam Burton, bringing you insightful and inspiring words of wisdom from the heart of Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Pastor Adam is here to guide us through the storms of life, one biblical truth at a time. Welcome back, friends. Today we're diving into a topic that's close to all of us, stress. We're exploring how we can find peace in the pressure, a gospel-centered approach to stress. By embracing Christ's love, trusting in God's sovereignty, and applying the practical wisdom of Scripture, we can manage stress, find solace amidst life storms, balance service with a spiritual attentiveness, and leave us anchored, peaceful, and equipped. So, Take a moment, settle in, and let's walk this path together. Thank you, Pastor Adam. And to our listeners, whether you're joining us on your drive home, over a cup of coffee, or winding down for the day, we're grateful you've chosen to keep the faith with us. Stay tuned. This is a message you won't want to miss. There's a story. It goes kind of like this. There was one day, there was an American businessman who, who stood at a, in a Mexican coastal village dock. He was watching a small boat that was, was docking with a, a lone fisherman inside. The Mexican had several large yellow fin tunas in his boat. The businessman complimented the Mexican. He said, wow, these fish these are excellent. He said, how long did it take you to, to catch them? And the fisherman replied, well, it only took a little while. Intrigued, the businessman asked, well, why didn't you stay out longer so that you could catch more fish? Well, the fisherman said, well, this is enough to, to support my family's needs. Then the American asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The fisherman said, well, I sleep late. I fish a little. I play with my children. I take a siesta with my wife. We stroll into the village each evening where I sip on an ice cold lemonade and I play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. <laughs> the businessman scoffed and he said, look, I'm a Harvard MBA and I can help you. You should spend more time fishing and, and with the, the proceeds, then you can buy a bigger boat. With the profits from the bigger boat, you can buy several boats. And eventually you would have a fleet of fishing boats. And instead of, of selling the catch to a middleman, you could sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You would be able to control the product, the processing, the distribution. I mean, you but would need to leave your small coastal fishing village, move into Mexico City, then to L.A., and eventually to New York City, where you would run this expanding enterprise. The fisherman, kind of perplexed, asked, he said, but, but, senor, how long will all this take? To which the businessman replied, oh, no, not that, 15, 20 years, maybe? But what then, asked the fisherman. <laughs> the businessman laughed and he said, oh, this is the best part. See, when the time is right, you would sell your company's stock 
to the public and you will become very, very rich. You will make millions. Millions, senor? But then what? The businessman said, well, then you would retire and move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take a fiesta with your wife and stroll into the village in the evenings where you could sip on an ice-cold lemonade and play guitar with your amigos. You know, isn't it interesting how we can lose sight of the true riches in our pursuit of busyness? Society has taught us that the busier that we are, the more valuable we become. Our worth is tied to our productivity, our achievements, and how much we can handle all at once. You see, stress has become a constant companion, like, like a shadow that's following us everywhere. But what if I told you there was a different way to live? A method that doesn't glorify stress, but instead offers peace and rest amidst the pressures of the world. A way that finds its source not in our accomplishments, but in the grace and the love of God. This morning, we're going to explore what the Bible says about stress, how Jesus dealt with it, and how understanding and applying biblical principles can offer us a different perspective and a new approach in handling stress. So let's journey together into the peace that God offers even when the world is in chaos. Yes, my friends, today our focus is on that all too familiar emotion, stress. Now, I mean, stress isn't necessarily bad and wrong. It's just a natural human response to to difficult situations. It's a survival mechanism that is wired into our biology. But when we find ourselves in this perpetual state of stress, fueled by the unrelenting pressures of a modern society that equates busyness with worth, then we must ask ourselves, is this the life that God intended for us? I mean, we are, after all, made in the image of a God who, after creating the universe, rested on the seventh day. A God who called us to honor the Sabbath day of rest. A God who offers us a yoke that is easy and a light burden. So if this is the character of our creator's character, well, a life dominated by stress and pressure does not reflect his plan for us. Let's consider the story we just heard. Our friend, the, the fisherman, had a life that, by societal standards, might appear simple, even unambitious. But within his, this simplicity, he found peace. He had time for his family, his community, and yes, even himself. He lived a balanced life, acknowledging the need for work and, and recognizing the importance of rest, relationships, and joy. But in contrast, the businessman's life was centered around a different kind of peace that always 
seemed to be just a few more years, a few more accomplishments, a few more dollars away. So where do we find our peace? Is it in the the ceaseless cycle of striving or is it in the balance of of rest that God offers? To answer this question, we must return to the source of all truth, the word of God. The Bible doesn't promise us a life without challenges. Oh, no. It promises a peace that surpasses all understanding, even amid those challenges. Our first point today is embracing the gospel, a lifeline amid the storms of stress. You know, just as the fishermen embraced a lifestyle at odds with societal norms, we are invited to adopt a gospel message that might seem radical to the world. This is not a message of relentless striving, but of grace. It is not a message of self-reliance, but a reliance on God. This is the lifeline that we are offered during our stress, the promise of peace in the pressures of our lives. So let's dive into that today and discover the life-changing power of the gospel. The gospel shines like a beacon in the night in the face of a stress. Now, this isn't a superficial band-aid on a deep wound or an escape mechanism that invites us to just bury our heads in the sand and deny reality. Oh, no, the gospel confronts stress head on with a profound truth that the transformative in its simplicity, yet radical in its implications. For we are loved because of Christ's actions, not what we do. Let me say that again. We are loved because of Christ's actions, not what we do. Paul has momentarily allow that truth to sink from your head into your heart. You are loved not for your successes or your accomplishments, but because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. The pressure to meet up, to meet expectations, and to be someone finds their end on the cross. It's at the cross. We learn that our worth is not determined by our productivity or our ability to handle stress. Our value is found in our identity as beloved children of God purchased at a price, and that price was the precious blood of Jesus. Imagine this. The God of the universe who holds the stars in place and knows every single grain of sand decided that you were worth dying for. Not when you had it all together, not when you were at the top of your game, but while you were still a sinner, while you were still far off, Christ had died for you. That's the depth of his love. That's the length he went to call you his own. Now, what stress can stand in the face of such love? 
What pressure can overpower such astounding grace for when we truly understand the gospel and truly grasp that we are loved and valued beyond measure, our stress response begins to change. We realize that our worth isn't tied to our ability to cope with stress or to avoid it altogether. Oh no, your worth is already settled in Christ. This doesn't mean that stress will disappear from your life. Oh no, pressure will come. And sometimes in waves. But in the face of stress, we now have an anchor, a sure and steadfast hope that will hold us fast. And that anchor is Jesus Christ, the embodiment of God's love for us. His perfect love casts out fears, calms our stress, and brings peace to our troubled hearts. And so today, as you face the pressures of life, remember the gospel. Remember the cross. Remember the love so strong and deep and vast that it led Jesus to lay down his life for you. Let that love be the foundation that you stand on as you face stress. Let it be the truth that upholds you, the hope that sustains you because in the face of his amazing love, stress loses its power and his peace reigns supreme. In the face of life's pressures, We cling to the truth of the gospel. We embrace the love of a Savior who endured the ultimate distress of the cross on our behalf. We find peace in his love that permeates even the most pressurized circumstances. That is the beautiful and powerful message of the gospel. The first lifeline amidst the storms of stress friends, the good news doesn't stop there. The gospel message is not only about God's unfathomable love for us, but also about his absolute control over all things. And this brings us to our second point, God's sovereignty, a beacon of hope in our, the sea of stress. So now we delve into the pages of scripture to find the comforting truth about God's sovereignty. This is not a a dry doctrine or a distant theological concept. No, this is a lifeline, a reality so sturdy, so dependable that we can cling to it in the stormiest seasons of our life. We find this reality throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but I want us to focus our attention today on Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, at first glance, the This verse seems almost too good to be true. But in the face of mounting pressures and stressful situations, are we just simply to stop being anxious? I mean, it sounds almost impossible. But the secret to this verse 
isn't found in our ability to control anxiety, but in our ability to start trusting. The command to not be anxious is not an isolated directive. No, it's directly tied to the following encouragement to pray and to present our request to God. Why? Because God is sovereign. He is in control. Even when your world seems to be spinning out of control, God remains steady. The God who upholds the universe by the word of his power is the same God who hears your prayers and cares for your needs. And consider this. If God is powerful enough to sustain the galaxy, don't you think he can handle your stress? If God is sovereign over the vast expanse of the universe, isn't he also sovereign over the details of your life? This truth undergirds our ability to not be anxious. Our stress doesn't need to control us because God is in control. Our anxiety doesn't need to consume us because God cares for us. Our anxiety doesn't do And so we pray. We bring our concerns, our fears, and our stress to God, trusting that he is not only capable of handling them, but that he also desires to give us peace. Notice the following promise in this verse. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds In Christ Jesus. That's not a hypothetical scenario or an abstract concept. That's a God promise to you. As you bring your stress to him and trust in his sovereignty, his peace, a peace that surpasses all human comprehension will stand as a sentinel over your heart and your mind. This peace is not contingent on your circumstances but on God's character. It's not a dependent on your ability to handle stress. It's grounded in God's ability to handle everything. So today, let's anchor our hearts in the sovereignty of God. Let's bring our stress to him, not because he can manage it, or no, I'm sorry, not because we can manage it, but because we know he can. And as we do, we will experience the peace that comes from trusting a God who is bigger than our biggest stress, stronger than our strongest fears and sovereign over every detail of our lives. So as we take this journey today, we've embraced the gospel, allowing the love of Jesus to be our foundation, our hope, We've then anchored our hearts in this profound truth of God's sovereignty, remembering that he has the power over every aspect of our lives, even those with which we feel hopelessly out of control. Let's not merely just float along the surface of these truths. Instead, we should dive deeper, bringing these principles to life through God's living, breathing word. So let's see these truths in action and understand them through the lens of a real human experience as told in the scriptures. 
That brings us to the third point today. Martha's tale, a mirror reflecting our own struggles with stress. Now we turn our attention to a familiar story in the Gospels, one that provides a window into the heart of someone struggling with stress and anxiety. We find this particular account in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It's the story of Martha and Mary. Like this narrative tells us that, that Martha was distracted by all of the preparation that had to be made. She was stressed and burdened by the weight of something good, hospitality, and anxious to make everything exactly right for her esteemed guest, Jesus. Meanwhile, her sister Mary, where was she? She was sitting at Jesus's feet, listening to his words, seemingly oblivious to Martha's distress. And in desperation, Martha approaches Jesus, almost accusing him. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Anybody ever felt like Martha? <laughs> Overwhelmed by the demands of life? Feeling alone in your stress? Even, in, even questioning if Jesus cares? But listen to Jesus' gentle yet firm response. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, in her stress, was missing the one thing that she needed. She was so caught up in serving Jesus that she neglected to be served by him, to listen to him and to sit at his feet. But Mary, on the other hand, chose the better part. She understood that being with Jesus and hearing his words was more important than any task or duty. What can we learn from this story? Perhaps we often allow stress and worry to consume us, distracting us from the presence of Jesus in our lives. We get so caught up in our to-do list, in our responsibilities and pursuits that we forget to just simply be with Jesus. Remember, it was right for Martha to serve, what was wrong was allowing the stress of service to distract her from Jesus. See, stress becomes detrimental when it pulls us away from the Lord, making us forget our need for him. So today, I invite you to follow Mary's example, regardless of what's causing you stress. Remember to take time and sit at the feet of Jesus. Hear his words. Cast your burdens upon him. And don't let stress rob you of the joy of knowing Jesus more intimately. It's the one thing needed. The Marthas among us must learn to become more like Mary. 
And when we choose what is better, it will not be taken away from us. In Martha's story, we see our mirrored experiences of stress and anxiety, but also the shining example of her sister Mary. Like the posture of Mary at Jesus' feet is one that we must strive to emulate. Mary made a conscious choice to set aside her worries and stressors to focus on what was truly important, being in the presence of Jesus. This is a decision that we can make too. Choosing to be still in his company, to listen to his word, and to allow his peace to calm our storm. Yeah, we know the storm rages on. Like there's always going to be tasks to be completed, responsibilities to be fulfilled, and problems to be solved. In the chaos of our lives, we need more than just the ability to sit at the feet of Jesus. No, we need tools, a a toolkit, if you will, to help us to navigate the stormy seas of life. So we move on to our final point today, God's word and wisdom, a toolkit for tackling stress. Now, I want to acknowledge something as we, we transition from this deep theological understanding to practical application. Like the practical strategies that we're going to discuss for, for dealing with stress might sound familiar. You may recall we explored similar tactics last week when, when talking about depression. But this repetition isn't accidental, nor is it due to a lack of new content. No, it's because the truths of God's word and the wisdom that he imparts apply to all of our struggles. His principles stand firm, regardless of our emotional state. But as we re- revisit these strategies, I encourage you not to tune out or, or assume that you know what's coming. Instead, let's approach this topic with fresh eyes and open hearts. Because sometimes the issue isn't that we need to figure out what to do. No, often we know exactly what we should do. The real challenge is finding the desire, the motivation, the strength to do it. And that's especially true when we're under pressure or feeling stressed. So as we dive into God's word and wisdom, a toolkit for tackling stress, let's not just focus on the how-to. Let's also pray for God to stir in us a desire to apply these truths actively and use the tools he has provided because it is in the application of these principles, the actual doing them, that we move from merely surviving our stress to thriving amidst it. So the first one is daily dialogues with God, a source of strength and serenity. David said in Psalm 62, 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Start your day with prayer and reading scripture. Make this your priority. Starting our day focused on God helps us to keep a healthy perspective and deal with stress more effectively. Second, the Sabbath rest, a divine prescription for renewal and resilience. 
remember that God himself instituted a day of rest, the Sabbath. We are not designed to go nonstop. We need times of rest, times to disconnect from our daily tasks and responsibilities and to reconnect with God and the things that truly matter. Third, gratitude a heartfelt antidote to the poison of stress. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Even when you're in the midst of stressful situations, find things to be grateful for. Gratitude can shift our focus from what's wrong to what's right from what we lack to what we have. Four, mindfulness and meditation on Scripture, a pathway to inner peace. Psalmist declares in Psalm 119, 15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Meditation on Scripture helps to refocus our minds on God's promises and truths, which can help to alleviate our stress. Five, nurturing healthy relationships, a support system in times of stress. Can't emphasize this enough. We are created for community, not isolation. Connect with others. Get into a Sunday school class. Make coming to church a top priority in your life. Because it's there where we can connect, we can share our burdens, we can seek advice and encourage one another. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 4, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. And last, seeking professional guidance. A testament to strength, not weakness. I remember there's no shame in seeking help. None of us have it together. So contact a a trusted counselor or your pastor, right? If stress and anxiety are overwhelming, it's not a sign of weakness, but it's an indication of wisdom to know when you need help and to seek it out. So today, as we have explored There are practical, biblically-rooted strategies that can help us to handle the stressors of life. And yes, these are valuable. They provide guidance and relief in the heat of the moment. But as we implement these strategies, we must remember that they are not the ultimate solution to our stress. These tools can be seen as coping mechanisms and ways to navigate the stormy seas of stress. However, the ultimate key to calming the storm itself is not a process. It's not a strategy. It's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. As we wind down today's message, I hope you feel empowered to navigate life's storms with an unwavering faith, leaning into the love of Christ and the promise of God's sovereignty. 
My prayer for you is that you continue to find peace in His presence and trust in His plans. Thank you, Pastor Adam. And thank you, dear listeners, for joining us on this transformative journey. In the teachings of our Savior, we find comfort and wisdom to overcome the stresses of life. To explore more uplifting messages and to learn more about our church, we invite you to visit our website at cbcmaysville.com. On our website, you'll find resources, previous sermons, and ways to connect with us. Whether you're seeking counsel, prayer, or just a friendly conversation, our community at Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky, is here for you. We are all on this journey together, united in faith and striving to grow stronger in our walk with Christ. Again, our website is cbcmaysville.com. Connect with us, explore, and deepen your faith. Until next time, remember to keep seeking, keep believing, and above all, keep the faith. God bless you all, and keep the faith.